What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of For the Record. I'm your host, Tyler C., and we are very excited to have you join us today. On For the Record, I have conversations with the next wave of elite golfers to uncover how they got to where they are today and what it takes to succeed at the highest level. In today's episode, my good friend Justin Sheparovich joins me to break down all the action from the U.S. Open. We discuss Bryson's stellar play and what the future of the game looks like with guys like him and Matt Wolf breaking through. With that said, let's jump right in. Please enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome into our U.S. Open recap episode. We got our special guest here, my good friend Justin Sheparovich. Justin, thank you very much for coming on. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Yeah, uh, I know you're, you're going to be our big betting guy going forward. You got all the brains for that type of stuff. Um, you know, how'd the betting go this week? Yeah, I know. I'm the big gambling guy. Everybody knows I like to gamble. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, actually, very good week. I'm pretty pumped. Uh, binked on a few bets. Um, got Louis stays in top 10, which was, uh, was a little bit of a gamble. I had Webb Simpson winning, didn't win that. Um I did a little three-man team at my club. We're two count, um, but you get to pick three. Pick Xander, Shawfle, Webb Simpson, and Louis Ostasen. You know, they're in different brackets. So that was that was really good. All of them were top tens. Um, but, yeah, I mean, ended up going well. Just picked a – I just honestly went with guys that are just uh, good all-around players and better drivers than most and seem to be successful. It seems like that works out every single U.S. Open. For sure. And, you know, that leads us right into our champion, Bryson DeChambeau, who, you know, got a lot of crap coming into the week saying that he was just going to, you know, go bombs away with driver. And people are like, oh, you can't do that in a U.S. Open because the rough was so thick. But, you know, he pretty much just said, hey, I'm going to miss the fairway a lot anyway, so I might as well be further down there. And we've seen golf kind of change with distance with guys taking the, you know, bomb and gouge method. And, you know, I, I can't help but say to myself, is this U.S. Open going to be a watershed moment in the history of golf? Like not only Bryson winning by just going bombs away, but also a great round yesterday to uh, Matthew Wolf, who shot 65 and he only hit two fairways. So it's like, geez, can you really go low in the U.S. Open, the thickest rough in the world? And, you know only hit two fairways it's a pretty cool topic to go about um you know i give all the credit in the world to bryson dechambeau i mean this guy works harder than anybody on the planet i mean i met him at riv um this year um and i met him it was probably eight o'clock at night it was absolutely pitch dark guy had four flashlights out this guy was just hitting balls he asked for two more bags of balls in the pitch dark and these you know it's just like this guy works harder than everybody he bulked when everybody else was you know watching tv and it's like this guy really cares and you got to give all the credit to him now in terms of uh talking about the distance and what the usga has to consider i think it's a really cool topic to go about um i think it definitely could change i think they could say hey we don't want the golf ball to go as far but it's like i think it's honestly cooler that it goes so far and like more people are starting to watch golf than ever before and starting to play because it's like the power and i don't know it's so cool i mean one guy are you really gonna go out around and say one guy best players in the world shoots under par wins by six right 
and you're going to try to change that. So six over wins. I think that's just, I think it's just awful. You know, how cool is it for a guy to go and win by six and the only guy to shoot under par? I mean, that's just yeah. awesome. No, for sure. And Bryson was even asked about that in his po- uh, press conference after winning. And he was like, you know, I think it's less about the technology and more about the athleticism. And you know that, that goes right into him, you know, drinking five proteins shakes a day and just going all out in the gym. And, you know, I can't help but think to myself. So you can compare Tiger to Michael Jordan in terms of their impact and bringing popularity to their respective sports. And I can't help but ask myself, is Bryson DeChambeau going to be the Steph Curry of golf? Like, is he going to completely change the landscape of the game where Steph made three-point shooting everything and made big man that couldn't shoot obsolete? Where it's like, is Bryson going to make guys that can't hit the ball 280 obsolete? And every kid that, you know, is trying to be a pro golfer is drinking five protein shakes a day and all out in the gym. And right along with that question, it's like, you know, uh, second place finisher Matt Wolf has the really unique swing and it's like you know at the end of the day who do you think is more likely to change the game of golf going for the next generation is it bryson or is it someone like matt who has the unique swing bryson um i'm going to say two things about that so you know bryson relating to steph curry i think it's an awesome topic to go about um you know there's people in the nba that are just three-point shooters they're very below average and everything else and they they're stars on teams because they come in in the clutch and make a three. Same thing with golf. You know, Bryson, he's just a bomber, bomb and gouge all day long. You know, luckily he hits it pretty straight. So, you know, all credit to him. But imagine just a guy that's just a bomb and gouger and just has wedge into every hole and is a pretty good wedge player. Guy's going to win all the time. I mean, if you look at the top 50 players in the world, I would say 45-ish, maybe even more, are all fantastic drivers of the ball. They all hit the ball pretty far. and you know, they're just decent around the greens. None of them are fantastic putters, but if they have a good putting week, they win. I mean, it's just like how golf is now, you know. It's all about power. Back in the day when Jim Furyk, you know, all-time career earnings, this guy's just up there, right? He's just a fairway machine. This guy's just 280 right down the center. 280, right, it's like Brandon Todd. It's like, I just don't think that's the new method anymore. I think it's more like hit it as far as you can and see what you can make from the trees, you know, or if you do hit in the fairway, you're going to have pitching wedge into par fives. I mean, it's just so cool. Um, what was the second point again, Tyler? Oh no. Yeah. It was like, just, Oh, oh who's going to change uh, Bryson. Yeah. I mean, unique swings are awesome and everything, but you know, fundamentally, I just feel like more people are trying to like still try to get the fundamentals, right. Golf is so hard already. Right. Um, <laughs> you're just going to go by the like simple, like, you know, the simple methods, right? So to have something unique as much as Matt, um, I mean, he's just so athletic. He could get away with it. So, you know, it's cool and everything. And he, but no, I mean, in the end of the day, power, 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 you know? Yeah. Well, that's where the stats were really interesting this week. So, I'll start with Bryson's stats. He was third in strokes gained off the tee. You know, impressive, obviously. Third in strokes gained approach. Uh, second in strokes gained around the green. And then 18th in strokes gained putting. So with that, so in the strokes gained around the green, all the top five finishers this week were in the top eight of that stat category. And then in the strokes gained approach, 
of the top six in that stat category, four of them were in the top eight this week. So it almost kind of you know brings about Ooh. the question, are these guys doing better around the green and into the green because they're hitting it further, you know, uh, or is it more like those guys will be the best at the end of the week? Those that are, you know, just getting up and down a lot, especially in something like the U S open. Okay. Well, you can kind of look at it two different ways, right? Um, if you have shorter and shorter distance into the hole, you're probably going to have lesser of a miss, right? So then, therefore, it's going to be easier of a shot around the green. That's one way of looking at it. Or second way you could look about it is, wow, these guys are actually that good, and like they're, you know, they're average at everything else, but they just had a good chipping week or a putting week, and you know, because they were such good bombers, like they, you know, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious, like, to go into more detail. Um, and figure out like how many greens and rag they all had and everything in terms of that. Because like, you know, if you're short side at the U S open, it's like, you know, double mania, but you know, if you miss it in the right place, I mean, you know, the rough there's thick, but I mean, I saw like Patrick Reed, he was getting up and down from everywhere. So it's like, it's totally doable. Um, but I think Bryson just had a really good week where around the greens, he was really good. You know, the guy grinds already. So he's obviously, you know, he's probably chipping every day few hours a day but i mean being being putting inside top 10 whatever what was he like seven what was he 18th in strokes game putting wow see that's pretty impressive to win by six and, and be 18th but that just shows you that you know you know i have to admit short game's really cool but ball strikers get it done that's just facts nowadays i mean it used to be like who's the clutchest putter um you know Bryson's a great guy to look at. I mean, or even Adam Scott, like these guys have won major championships now and no one would ever say they're above average in putting, but they get it done when they need to because their ball striking is that much better. It's just great examples. Yeah. And a really interesting finisher this week was Will Zalatoris. Uh, he finished tight six and he won the U S junior am a couple of years ago. He was number one am in the world and in pro golf, he's, been making a name for himself but he wasn't a top name coming into this week but he's always known as like a fantastic ball striker so and the big stage he was able to get it going and then also like Louis Ustay's an amazing ball striker hasn't been a big name recently but <laughs> was able to get it done again this week so that's great that you brought that up and uh yeah ball strikers are kind of taking over isn't it kind of funny though I mean you know it used to be like I would say 10 years ago it's like how good of a short game like if you have a good short game, you can get it done. I don't think that's the. I don't think that's it anymore. I think you know ball strikers get it done. Like ball strikers, it's what it takes. But if you have a good chipping or putting week, that's what makes the win instead of a top five. For sure, for sure, yeah. And you know, kind of switching subjects, going back to earlier, you mentioned like just guys swinging as hard as they could, and. I almost, you know, Bryson has mentioned that he actually is in more control swinging as hard as he can, which is very counterintuitive. But, you know, um, I think like a great example is our our old teammate, Brett Patton at UCSB. He hits it a mile, but not so straight. But um, our college coach would always ask him, he goes, Brett, is it easier to drive a car at 80 miles an hour or 100 miles an hour? And Brett would say 100, you know, it would piss coach off a bunch. But it's like, it's hard to relate that 
to cars and swinging. But, you know, in the golf swing, if you're just going all out, you're not having to worry about anything else. And that kind of helps, you know, just through the ball, not having to control anything else. You know, what's your what's your opinion on that? You know what? Some people can get away with swinging harder and having it go straighter. Bryson's comment's absurd. I mean, you know, if you swing at 50%, 60% tempo, you're definitely going to hit the ball straighter. I mean, it's just like <laughs> – I mean, the guy's absurd. I love it. Like, I literally love the guy because he's just so out there compared to other people. But, I mean – I'm I'm pretty sure if he was swinging like he was, you know, I just saw a video of him being skinny and hitting. He he was a pretty good driver before he got really big, and now he's a great driver. He was hitting so many more fairways when he was swinging at 80, 90 percent back then. Um, I mean, love the well, guy, yeah. love the guy, but he's kind of absurd. I mean, if you swing it, if you're gonna swing softer, not like little baby swings, but if you swing softer, like a good tempo. Yeah, you're gonna hit the ball straighter, in my opinion. Doesn't well, mean as far. You know, I think Matt's swing is a good example because, like, he gets in a weird position, but because he's swinging so fast, he's able to drop that club into the right spot and then control the face from there. And I think it like kind of goes into. I think it's important as you're teaching a kid as he's growing up with the game to swing as hard as he can first. You know. And, you know, I think maybe even Matt's swing could have come from something like, you know, when you're so young and the club is a lot heavier to you, you know, it's hard to get the club where it's not in a super laid off position because the club's so heavy. So therefore you overcompensate and you get the club more uh, crossed up, which allows just more power in the wrist and therefore just drop it in that slot. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it could be just, you know, teach them to swing as hard as they can and then figure out the rest from there. Yeah, I definitely have a different take, but that's my opinion. Um, I'm going to say fundamentals are much more important right off the bat. Um, you know, I'm not going to ever say I went to the gym before the age of 16. If you're telling me a kid from, you know, age 8 to 16 should be swinging as hard as he can, I don't know. But I think fundamentals are extremely important. So I think if you get the fundamentals right, then you start going to the gym and then you start getting stronger and grow, then therefore – if you already had the fundamentals, then you could swing harder with the right fundamentals. I think if you get the wrong, I think if you have the wrong technique and start swinging hard, you're just going to go backwards. But that's why there's lawn drivers out there. Hmm. Yeah. Because well, they, they definitely, have, they definitely cannot make it on the tour circuit. I'll just tell you that they've tried and no one's been successful. Zero <laughs> for zero. <laughs> zero for a thousand whatever way you want to look at it <laughs> well i think those guys like bryson matter are a lot better at golf than we are so it's hard to say you know but yeah, uh, i'll be there someday <laughs> <laughs> all right great well um so real quick touching on all the other top names in golf you know they were all pretty much near the top of the leaderboard but weren't very much in contention but one name that definitely stands out was jordan spieth you know, nowhere near the top, and he's really been struggling. Shot uh, 73 the first round, you know, nothing bad. And then afterwards, he was on the range for like three hours, you know, and it's like, okay. And then he goes out the next round, shoots 81. So, you know, nothing against Jordan, but we know that Bryson was out grinding after the rounds as well. And it's like, 
at what point do you do you go to the range more or do you go to the range less because i feel like for him you know jordan when he's at the range for three hours he's just trying to find his game and he said after the second round he felt lost you know and it's like versus bryson who when he's going to the range it's like he's playing well and he's just tuning up the final details he said that he wasn't hitting his driver super well so he was just trying to fine-tune that so it's like, like yeah great for him but it's like you know in your opinion at what point do you just not go to the range if you're not playing well and just say hey let me take a step back and not just grind because you can just kind of spin yourself in a spiral um i have experienced it myself in terms of not knowing just being completely 100 percent lost almost wanting to quit the game, blah, blah, blah. I've seen it with other people around me. I think there's a point in time, and I think Jordan Spieth should just take time off. I think he just needs to chill, do nothing related to golf, take a vacation, go just get away from the game. I think he's just mentally drained himself. I think he's literally like, you know, he was number one junior in the world, number one am in the world, number one player in the world. This guy was winning four or five majors, like four majors before the age of, what, 25, whatever. This guy was on the biggest tear of his life. He was going to be the next Tiger, people thought, almost, right? And he just literally lost it mentally, and he just needs to take time off. I think there's a point in time. I think there's point in time being where you go to the range and you're just wasting your time. You're just getting worse, and I think he's almost just getting worse by going. He's just like... <laughs> you know, props to him for going, right? I mean, it's better, like, he, he's still legit trying, and, like, props to him. And, like, props to Bryson for grinding. But, wow. Just chill. Head home. Head home. Yeah. Make a milkshake or something. I think, I think he really needs to just take a lot of time off. I think it would be really cool for him to seriously take two months off or a month off Go to a tournament with literally two, three days of practice. I mean, he's got, you know, he's got a few more years on tour of exemptions already, right? So why not just take a month off, practice for two days before the event, and then just see how he plays? And just with zero confidence, just like, oh, I might as well just, like, play for fun. Like, I'm just playing with my buddies and, you know, the like the spring break vacation with his buddies, you know, just chilling and see how he plays. I mean, it's going to be better than it is now. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, he literally was number one in the world for a good amount of time. It was an s- absolute stud. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody just talks about how how much he's fallen off the earth now. It's like, bro. It's sad to see, but we're still rooting him on, you know, we're rooting everybody I on. I love him to speak to death. I mean, I, that guy is the, one of the most clutch putters of all time. But if you watch his putting truck from now until – Two years ago, I mean, wow, it has changed. He has just lost so much confidence. I mean, it's almost like yippee how much it's changed. Yeah, but, I, th- and- I, I think it's not just putting. I think it's everything. But oh uh, wait, you putting. know, go find another hobby. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> go to the beach, dude. You you got so much money. Go live the life for a month. <laughs> Travel, bro. You got a jet, probably. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. I mean, Dude, I already do. You know, like take a month off, no big deal. I mean, golf's cool, you know, but I'm sure his wife wants to go somewhere else too. 
She doesn't want to follow him around and just watch him shoot 82s and 81s. Bro. That's yeah, my poor, poor guy. Well, anyway. Yeah, poor guy, but at the same time, I'd love to have his life. <laughs> <laughs> we all would. Yeah, not well, not Tiger. Yeah. Well, with that said, you know, we'll wrap things up. Uh, thanks very much, Justin, for coming on, and we'll see more of you going forward. And before our big events, we'll get you on for some for some odds bets and some advice. So, oh, I absolutely love it. You might as well just call me Justin the Gambler Shepherdovich from now okay. on. That is an awful <laughs> name. <laughs> God, jeez, we're gonna find you a better name than that. That's awful. All right. And All right. All right. Thanks, Justin, for coming on. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy my podcast, please don't forget to like, subscribe, check out all of our social media pages at 4.therecord or visit our website forTheRecord.golf. I would love to hear your feedback about who you want to hear from next and what topics you are most interested in learning about. Thanks again, and we look forward to seeing you next time.